Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you for joining us again on Shock Your Potential. You know, I like to have interesting guests. And uh, not only is my guest interesting today, is we almost didn't start taping this because we couldn't stop talking to each other. So you know it's going to be good. There's going to be laughter. So Amber Hurdle helps leaders confidently define their position and define and position their value so they can maximize their influence, which you know is AKA shock their potential. And uh, so here's the thing, what I really was interested in in her bio is it talks about the fact that she uses both science and marketing principles to help strengthen brands and leaders. And as you know, we've talked about many, many times as a professional and especially as a leader, you are a brand. You have to have a brand because that brand is what you stand for. And it is telling whether or not you know what the story you're telling is or not. (laughs) The question is, can you control that story? But I asked her to talk about something really unique that that she talks about often, and it is called the Velvet Machete brand strategy. And I'm thinking anything that's a velvet machete, I cannot wait to learn more about this, but it's about wrapping the message uh, in a way that makes you feel good. That That's really about, I think, she'll have to tell me if I'm right or wrong, it's about making sure you are controlling your message and you deliver your message in a way that you want it to be heard, but that also doesn't put people off. So I don't know, I could be wrong, I could be right, but we'll see. And welcome, Amber. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. And I knew when I, uh, you know, internet stalked you that this would be a great time. And it has definitely (laughs) proven to be that. So too bad the audience did not get all of our um, early banter prior to recording. But um, yes, so Velvet Machete. Um, I, I have been called the Velvet Machete since I was in my maybe mid 20s. Back then I was a personal trainer and, um, and I had a client who I had to just say, you know what, here's the deal. It does not matter how often you come in here and do 30 minutes Mm -hmm. with me. It is not going to undo the fact that you're eating a ribeye and drinking three bourbons a night. That's just not Mm -hmm. how it works. And and I'm telling you this because I know that your goal is to be an amazing grandfather to your grandkids. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, you always shoot me straight and it kind of hurts, but I like it you're such a velvet mm. machete. And then he started calling me velvet machete. And then everybody started calling me velvet machete. And as I grew in my career, 
I started applying that principle because it's about being direct. It's about speaking your truth, the truth, but it's also saying it in a way that's appealing to your audience. So what's in it for them? Why does this matter to them? You can't just be curt and just be like, here's what I think <laughs> because you're not going to get your way. That that's not going to serve you. And so whether it's, you know, your your personal brand and your marketing your personal brand or you're selling your ideas, you're you're influencing others, yeah, be straight, be to the point. We don't have time. We have very limited attention spans these days, but always know who your audience is so that you're framing it in a way that matters to them. Yes, absolutely. And pardon me uh, if you notice my eyes might have wandered for a minute because I forgot to turn off my air conditioning before we started taping. So I was uh -oh. <laughs> texting my husband, please come down and turn off the air conditioning. And I hear him now. <laughs> podcasting details. <laughs> I know. You know, I, I love what you said. And actually, when you were talking, I was first remembering uh, we uh, we used to go to this uh, workout class. Um, it's been se several years because the gal moved from Philadelphia to Seattle, darn her. Um, but uh, she had this class on Saturdays and it was called the butt busting workout. And it nice. wasn't because it was all about your butt. It just kicked your butt completely. And I remember she'd be, you know, you'd be in there, you'd just be dying. And the whole goal was like not to throw up during the class. Like that was right. a successful class. We were not always successful in that. But get to the event. edge of that. Otherwise you haven't yeah. done your work. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we'd be there. And I'd remember, you know, doing this one thing, the first time she ever did this to me. And, um, you know, we were laying back on the, you know, like the steps and we were doing something, lifting, oh, lifting our legs up, lifting our legs uh -huh. up and down off the edge of the step. And I thought I was doing pretty good, you know, because I was getting it up, you know, like that far. And, you know, I was killing myself. And she comes over. She's like, hit my hand, hit my hand. And she kept raising her hand higher and higher. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to kick her hand and kick her hand. And she's like, you can do it. You're just choosing not to. And I went, okay, you're right. <laughs> and, and I kept going back. Yeah. And you know what that is? That's discretionary effort. What you were doing first was what you could get away with doing. When she came over and she challenged you and she influenced you, you gave discretionary effort. And that's what yes. as leaders we're really called to do. That's where influence really comes into play is I'm, I'm going to push you because I care about you and I care about, I mean, from your personal development, your level of satisfaction, but I also care about how I'm going to leverage the greatness in you so that you have a place to fit into the bigger picture. And when we yes. all feel that connection, now we have a purpose in showing up every day. It's that discretionary effort that proves that person is engaged. You are obviously engaged because you hit her, her, her hands. <laughs> yes. She scared me. Yeah. No, but good. I wanted to make, I also knew that if I, I knew instinctively that if I were in pain, for instance, you know, if I had a back issue or if I really was maxed, I think she always recognized that too. Yeah. She never pushed me on days when I really was giving it my all, but couldn't do it the best of my potential ability. Right. And I never really thought about it until you just said that. Cause there were, there were times when, you know, she'd walk by me and I think, Oh God, don't make me kick your hands. I can't do it. I can't get above any higher. You know? But, but she thing, probably she saw did... you favoring a side or something. And she was, yeah, she was in tune with you. I, I had um, one of my bosses, one of my favorite bosses, still is a mentor to me today. He wrote the forward to my, my book, The Bombshell Businesswoman. Um, one of the things that I always say about Pete uh, Wyand is he would push me 
so hard. He's pushed me, he pushed me further than any other leader in my lifetime. I mean, I did and accomplished things that in my, in an alternate reality, I would not have believed I could do on my own, but he would push me over the edge of the cliff. And then he would throw his hand out and grab me and pull me back up and be like, silly girl, why did you go that far? You know, he was always there for me. He would always pull me back up, but I'm like, cause you pushed me this far, but I loved it. <laughs> and he knew he could do it because he didn't necessarily have the data side of things, but he was a pretty intuitive guy. And he I definitely knew how I was wired because when you're incredibly mm -hmm. self-aware, then you can see and harvest the greatness in others. When you know how mm -hmm. you tick, what, what motivates you, what your behavioral drives are, how your personality is, you can start identifying similarities and differences in other people. Well, he's a driver, strengths finders. I'm a driver. He knew that. And so <laughs> yeah. he knew he, he could push me and not only could he push me, but I would love it that I was getting yes. pushed. So, you know, similarly to your, to your, uh, group fitness instructor, it's about knowing, you know, who are my players? who wants to be pushed, who isn't quite there yet? How do I harvest this out of this person? How do I compensate for this person's, um, you know, like if you had back problems or whatever, it's the same thing with your, your team members. Sometimes, and I, I call it bubble wrapping, we bubble wrap the things that are a little more fragile. There's nothing right. broken with that person. They're amazing. They're fearfully and wonderfully made. They've got all kinds of gifts and talents, but maybe in this area, that's not quite their jam doesn't make them bad yep. or less than we just need to bubble wrap that with some processes, with some people, with, um, you know, some fail safes to make sure that they don't fail. Yeah, I agree on so many levels. My, with my team, I always used to say, um, you know, when I, when there was something we needed to, you know, I basically give the, you know, velvet machete to is that I would say, you know, I want to schedule some time with you. We've got some things we need to cover and I just want to prepare you. It's going to be a difficult conversation. And I didn't realize that I said that until one of my team brought it out with me. Uh, and she, she's like, I said, Hey, I need to schedule some time. We're going to, you know, cover some things with, you know, your, your sales training, whatever. And she goes, is this going to be a difficult conversation? <laughs> and I started, and I go, what? She goes, you always say that when it's going to, when it's going to be tough and you're going to force me to grow. Yeah. And I went, wow. And I said, how do you feel when I say that? And she goes, well, it always makes me slightly nervous. But if there's one thing I know about you is you wouldn't be spending the time with me if you didn't know and believe that I could do it. So I may not enjoy it always, but <clears throat> I know you're doing it to help me <clears throat> excel as a, as a leader and as an in individual. So as I look back now and I reflect on that, I think, wow, I was consciously, I wanted to prepare people, you know, when, yeah. when there's something that's going to be difficult, but that really was my motto. If you're not worth my time, I'm not going to have those difficult conversations. Right. I'm going to move on out because I only, I, you know, I do so much with somebody and I want to maximize them, but if they don't put the effort in or, or maybe we really truly have them in the wrong position, um, you know, then you have to make those decisions. But if, if you're the right person in the right position, I'm going to make sure you're doing the right things and that you're going to excel yourself right. because we all need that. Yeah. You, I go from, I can't care more than you care to, if you care, I'm going to be running alongside you and I'm going yeah. to be, you know, hup, hup, let's do this. Like the old personal trainer that I used to be. <laughs> yeah. And I even love if you it. can't see where your potential is, if I can, I want to help you see that just like Pete did for me. 
Yeah. Well, we kind of, gosh, we just jumped right into your strategy, but talk a little bit yeah. about what you do. I mean, you have this great book, you, you do speaking, you do training, you do uh, coaching and consulting, but talk a little bit about your business. Yeah. So my whole philosophy, again, just doing the science and branding and marketing principles is I take um, the same things that we would do for external marketing. So let's just pick a big company like Nike. Nike spends millions of dollars every year on our if I can talk today, on market research. That's how they mm -hmm. get clear on who their ideal customers are. And then they come in and they internalize, okay, well, here's our average customer, but then we have, you know, competitive athletes that we sell this to. That's one message. And then we have, um, you know, soccer moms who want to look cute when they go to Target. And, and that's another. And so those are different messages. It's the same company, but because of our marketing, because of our market research and the data that we have pulled in, then we can scientifically have a reason to reach out to them with a particular messaging, anticipating a return on that investment in terms of market share. And so I like to do that internally. I say I brand companies from the inside out. So the Velvet Machete brand strategy begins with personal brands, as you so eloquently put, everybody has to have one. I'm sorry. People who mm -hmm. say, I don't care what people think about me are lying. <laughs> now, I don't want them to like influence the core of your self-esteem, but it does matter what people are saying about you when you're not in the room, if you want to be able to attract the right people and opportunities into your life and into your career. So Absolutely. we start with that. When we do, I use psychoanalytic tools, a, a variety of them, the predictive index and how to fascinate. So one measures what your innate needs are in uh, in a work environment, and then that determines what drives your behavior. So we know if you're a behavioral fit for a particular position, because it doesn't matter if you can do the job, if you won't do the job, you're going to bounce. And now I've got turnover yes. costs. So oh, that's yes, key. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I like to use how to fascinate because that is the quick, less than five minute, how can I define my personal brand? It is a personal brand assess assessment. It's not how do I psychologically see the world? It is how does the world see me at my best? And so when we get that and we, when we marry those two things together, now I have a pretty clear picture of how you're showing up to work and how you can influence others. Once we have strong personal brands, they can then lead a strong employer brand, meaning are we upholding the culture or is it in the top drawer of my desk? Um, mm -hmm. Are we attracting and retaining the right type of talent that is going to move our business strategy forward for exactly where we are right now in, in our company's history? Because that shifts and changes. Sometimes we're in the midst of, of um, building and innovating, and sometimes we're trying to stabilize. And so based on that, how's our people strategy matching our business strategy? So we have personal brands leading happy employer brands. And then when the employees are super happy, guess what happens for your customers? Wow. <laughs> They're happy and you excited to too. Customers because people are going out of their way to make sure that the brand promise is being realized, that they're doing their part to contribute to the big picture, which is ultimately, hopefully, an incredible customer experience. So yes, I have all kinds of experience in public relations and branding and marketing, and I could totally help a company with the external side of things, but they get a little confused when I start with their leaders and I start picking apart, like, what are your values and what are your service basics? Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, when do we get to the logo? And I'm like, oh, we're not even there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, We're so not there yet. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's so many parts to that. You know, I remember years and years ago, um, I worked for a nonprofit 
And, you know, the first time I walked in, you know, like, here's our, our mission and our values hanging on the wall in a frame. Yeah. And I'd seen that before, but it was the first time that I ever stopped and went, I wonder how many businesses just have those hanging because you're supposed to have it hanging, mm -hmm. but never look at it again or never contemplate whether or not you're living up to it or has our mission and vision changed or, you know, are our values being reflected by the entire team? And I don't know why that day, I think maybe I was nervous or something. I was sitting around in the waiting room waiting to get, you know, back to uh, my interview. But now, you know, decades later, I see so many companies. I love it when people go, you know, we, our employees, our people are our greatest asset. And then they Prove never it. send them to training, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never, never give them any feedback. You know, they never, they never, there's a suggestion box that, you know, goes down to the, you know, the mail room and right out the chute or something. And it's so important to start with the key pieces and say, if you don't live and, and truly know and live your brand value, the rest of it day. is just, is never going to be consistent. You're never going to have sustainable results. Yeah. I have, um, my, this year we launched the Velvet Machete Leadership Academy. So it's an eight week live coaching course. You get certified as a Velvet Machete leader. And then once you graduate from that, you have the option to join the Velvet Machete Leadership Society, which is a monthly membership to just keep your skills up to date and that sort of thing. But in the eight week training, we start with creating your personal brand so that that self-awareness is established. You know what everything else is going to build upon. And then we get into building supportive environments so that we do know how the culture is shaping your leadership so that we know what type of work environment you need. I mean, we go into everything from your mental and physical and spiritual health and everything in that module. And then we get to communication. And that's where I crawl up as a former global communicator for <laughs> the largest hotel chain in the world. Um, I oversaw the... Uh, the internal rebrand when Marriott bought Gaylord. So that was definitely some fun merging brands, oh. merging cultures, oh, merging yeah. all those good times. Yes. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Super fun. Um, and rewarding. <laughs> Certainly learned a lot. Um, but it's it's about taking every communication opportunity, every recognition opportunity, every crucial conversation that you have and weaving that culture into it. So instead of saying like, Bob, you've been late three times this week. We can't have that anymore. It's Bob, you've been late three times this week. And on Tuesdays and Thursday, Sue Ann could not leave early and she is working on her advanced degree. And so she got to school late for her class, which is impacting her brand because you did not show up on time. And so that really did not honor our value of teamwork. So can you help me understand that? When you join a company, you are agreeing to their family rules. You are saying, yes, this culture is something that my personal values and, and my intentions all um, align with. And yes. that's one of many ways how we select a candidate is, is their heart with our heart, with the heartbeat of our business. So we measure the mind, psychoanalytic tools, that sort of thing. We measure the briefcase, you know, do you have the pedigree? Do you have the resume? And then we measure the heart. And, and so if you speak to the heart, that is a whole different conversation than I can't believe you've been late three times. Now you just sound like a nagging parent. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's such a good reminder for us all that a job isn't, I mean, you can have a job be a job. 
But yeah. why would any of us sign up for that? Well, I mean, aren't we all searching for, I mean, whether or not even we're entrepreneurs, aren't we all still searching for uh, something to do with our professional skills that feed our soul? Yeah. And if we're doing that, then you're right. We should be honoring that. And it's interesting yeah. um, with my my team right now that, you know, we're talking a lot about where do you want to go with your career, you know, because just because, you know, we're not a thousand person company yet doesn't mean that you can't still, you know, improve yourself and get better. But you need to be invested in the health and growth of the company. And it, you know, what it you if you're not, then it's just a job right. and you will do your tasks and you may do your tasks well but then you're not a part of what is going to make this grow and what's making it healthy. But, and so that's from the business side, but from our individual side, if we're not searching for those things, if we're not wanting those things, then we're losing out as individuals. So, you know, to say you're out, right, Bob, you didn't show up you know, you're late three times. We can't have that. Bob go, oh, okay, well, I won't do it. But when you bring it in those words that you, you share, if Bob's not moved by that, and if Bob doesn't not only apologize to you, but go talk to Mary because she didn't get to class on time, then shame on Bob. <laughs> like, yeah. He's not the right person and he shouldn't be right. there in the first place. Exactly. And then they self-identify and then you, yeah. you know, some, some level of uh, turnover is not a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. we want to keep it to a minimum and, and retain the right people. And that's of course through strong leadership because we all know people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. But some yes. people who may have slipped through or maybe they've been there for a long time and they don't fit the culture anymore, or they're unwilling to participate in the culture, then, you know, it's it's time to let them go for sure. I agree. I would say you have to have the right people in the right positions doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And if you have the wrong person, it doesn't matter what position or what things you have them doing. If yeah. you have the wrong person, then it's your job as a leader to move that person on as quickly and as seamlessly as you can without impacting the company. But if you yeah. have the right person and you don't have them in the right job or you don't have them doing the right things, and that's your responsibility to fix, the, fix those things for you, Absolutely. for them and the company. Right. And I, you know, especially now I've, I've said this uh, so many times this year is the entire world is having to innovate. The entire world yes. is having to flex. So if there was ever a year where you can start getting creative with your talent, it is this year. And yeah. the one thing that people are far more open to now than ever before is just because the job description has read this way for the past decade does not mean that based on this person's needs, drives, and behaviors, their personality, the way they show up, it doesn't mean that you can't carve off a piece that's not a fit for them and go give it to somebody who would love to do that kind of work every day. And I see this exactly. in sales organizations. I mean you have big game hunters going out there that can be closing thousands to millions of dollars and you've got them freaking doing paperwork. Are you even kidding me? They're not wired to do repeated tasks. Typically the outside sales hunter personality. Is it right? I know. Same, yeah. same. I'm like consistent work that, that I have to do every day. Meet a deadline. What? That doesn't no. have like a carrot attached to it. No, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to close this like million dollar sale over here. And then how about somebody else deal with the report that has to get filed? Exactly. Like, what about that? I've got exactly. a client right now who's actually bringing a support person in because she identified this before we even started working together. It's like, huh, if I could take this kind of stuff off their plate, I bet they can make me more money. And so we worked through the science of that. Okay, well, what are the behavioral traits of this person? 
We need to make sure that they're a rule follower, that they like to dot every I, that cross every T. We need to make sure that they can be flexible in their day-to-day -day because it is going to be a little bit of a um, ever-changing environment, but not so flexible that they're going to like super need that. We need some kind of stability so they're comfortable doing repeated work. We need them mm -hmm. to be fairly social because they're going to be interacting with the public and then also the sales team, but we really need them to be more of a collaborator more than an independent person because they're support. And so they need to support what the sales team needs and what the owner needs and not what their own interests are. So we need them to yeah. like the ideas best for the group, not their own ideas best. And so when you when you create that, just like Nike creates a, um, you know, ideal customer profile so that you can message, we created an ideal employer employee profile and now we messaged in the job description to find somebody to lure somebody in just like Nike yeah. does. To make yeah. sure that we're getting the right candidates and then we're yes. going to evaluate them scientifically and say is this a right fit it's a yes or it's a no and then we dive into their hearts and then we dive into their briefcase and then we decide is this person a fit for our culture for where we are in the business right now and it just makes everything so much easier and there's less drama and you know how to onboard them and you know how to yeah. manage them and you know how they're going to interact with your existing team and so if you have anything like these people are not the, they're not the rule followers. So we know this person's going to be the one that's going to manage all that. And now that rounds out the team. And now we don't have a broken team. We don't have a, a hole in the bottom of the bucket. We we're, we're all tight. And, uh, and I just don't know how to do that so seamlessly without mm -hmm. the science part of it. I can talk to you mm -hmm. all day long about the branding part of it. But the science and the data always informs a strategy, an external yep. marketing, an internal strategy. I'm not a science nerd. I bombed out of, I passed, <laughs> what class was that? Chemistry. I passed chemistry in college with an A, even though I was getting an F because I gave my professor a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts with my final on the final day. Okay. So don't let science intimidate you. <laughs> I love it. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> oh my God. I think we've covered like so many things. We're completely, you know, here and here and here. And it's fabulous. Good luck with okay, your show so, notes. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, that's why I have somebody else do the show notes because I don't go. like doing them anymore. So see, <laughs> I find somebody else to do it and then I edit them and then they make them go. crazy. Apparently writing the show notes, my team has like heart attack over it. So I actually had one person who decided she she wanted to uh, start doing the YouTube channel instead of the uh, podcast now for other reasons, but I give her such grief about it because I know ultimately she didn't like the show notes and I'm like, you still have to do show notes for the YouTube channel. <laughs> She's going to listen to this episode and go, Michael. Uh. Uh, dang that Amber. <laughs> I know. But I do want to ask a couple of my key questions here before yeah. we run out of time because we're getting close okay. to the end. So I love to ask people, what's the most important um, professional lesson that you've ever learned personally that helped you to shock your own potential? It, it, I earned it, learned it very early on. I was, um, I had my first child when I was 16 years old. So around 19, I was pretty broken, desperate. And, um, and what I did then not knowing, because I didn't know what personal branding was then. I was 19 years old and barely could, you know, keep my car from being repossessed. Uh, <laughs> but what I did see is, 
what it was that my managers, because I had multiple jobs, at one point I had four jobs, um, what my managers or what other people who opened up doors for me, what they saw in me. And so I started collecting data even early on. It's like, okay, well, my work ethic is something that attracts people to me. My ability to communicate, to deal with people, um, they all said, oh, you're so good with our customers. And so that was another thing. They knew that I didn't require a lot of supervision. They can just plug and play and I'd be fine. And so I started really stepping into those things and promoting them, not necessarily in like, hi, my name is Amber and I have a great work ethic and uh, you don't have to supervise <laughs> me. And I'm really great with people. Not that way. I would just find opportunities to prove that about myself. Yeah. or find ways to plug that in and allow people to see that in me. And so by harvesting what other people found valuable in me, I was able to quickly move. I always got the better shifts at the Applebee's. Let's be real. That was the best part. Um, I was able to <laughs> advance in a company, even though I didn't have um, a college degree at the time, because I had to drop out because, you know, feeding a kid and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so it just, it, it helped me get from behind the eight ball until one day I woke up and I was like, oh, wow, that light at the end of the tunnel is not a freight train coming at me. Like I'm actually, things are good now. And it was just repeating on that. And so, you know, did it shock my potential all at once? No, but have I come a long way, baby? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how you say that because I think sometimes people um, don't know how to find that balance and how to self-promote and how to find a way to shed a light on the things that are really valuable. Um, I've been doing all these interviews. We have a, a new business right now that is, um, so my whole team is remote out of Kenya. And I've had such great um, results with this because they're incredibly talented people. Um, and you know, it, it works with the growth of my business so that people are constantly coming to me saying, how do I get a Lorna and how do I get a Josie? And so we're matching now. So we started this new business and I've been interviewing all these candidates for the final step. And so That's I awesome. asked them, I asked them, um, what's something, what's a question that uh, an employer should ask you, but maybe they won't think about asking. And what I'm basically saying is use this time to brag, you know, yes. brag on yourself. What, what do you know you're good at? And it's amazing the answers that I'm getting from people because they're, you know, and they know the question beforehand because I want them to be prepared for it. And I know that they've taken a lot of time to think about it, but it's still hard for some of them to kind of brag about themselves. But once we, you know, pull it out of them, you know, there are things like, you know what, I really believe that I can create an environment where everyone feels like they're my teammate. You know, uh, that was one I had yesterday. You know, I, I, I'm amazing at deadlines. Um, I'm a creative thinker, even though I've not always been in environments where that creativity was welcomed or open. You know, and as I'm watching them, I'm like, this is so incredible to start to gain that sense of, hey, I do bring value. And it's not even so much knowing that this job interview is to get the job, but to get the job you want, where you can highlight and showcase the good thing, the things that you're good at where and you find the right thing. Yes, where you get to come alive, where you go, God, I can't wait to get up and go to work today. I get to use my talent. Yes. Exactly. I, I have an exercise that I do at the beginning of one of my keynotes and it, and it boils it down to where there's only one possible person in the audience to do it. So I was at Tractor Supply 
And I ended with this woman who went to Dartmouth and she had like an advanced executive leadership uh, certificate from there. And, um, and she had all kinds of um, just weight behind her. And she wasn't the type of person because her boss was sitting right next to her that would like wave that flag and share it. And so what I taught is you can share your expertise and what makes you great through the power of story. You don't have to beat your chest and, and wave that. So she's in a new position and she's looking for a particular assignment. And then she's with her leader and her peers and they're talking about something. She doesn't have to be like, well, you all know I went to Dartmouth. That's not how you do it. But you can say, oh, no, this is a great opportunity. I'll tell you what, when I was in my executive leadership program at Dartmouth, I actually led the team that did something just like this. And we did this, this, and this, and it totally worked. And we tried this, and that was a disaster. This is exciting. I'd love to be a part of this. Now she's told mm -hmm. a story, but I just double layered you because I yeah. just name dropped that I work with Tractor Supply. And now your audience knows the level of company that I work for by using a customer's success story. So yes. tell stories and that's yes. how you position yourself i absolutely when you do that i'm like nice drop i like it <laughs> it was a teaching moment i'm not trying to brag i promise <laughs> i do you know i do that i do that every once in a while too i'm like well you know last summer when i was seeing one of my clients in singapore and bangkok at their offices right. and, I'm, and people are like you've been to singapore and Bangkok? oh yeah sure i have uh -huh. i have but you I know have. and so and here's the thing and especially as women not blue-haired and red-headed women necessarily but a lot of women are very afraid to share how awesome they are. And yes. how dare we not? Because if somebody doesn't hire you or me, they can get some schlup who doesn't care about them, who's not going to work around the clock if that's what it takes. They're not going mm -hmm. to care about the unique experience of that company or the individuals in the company. And so that person's gonna beat their chest and be like, this is why you should hire me. Or you and I can casually drop that we go to Asia or we work with Fortune 100 companies or whatever Perfect. and allow that person to know we can, we've got this, we can handle you. Yeah, we play at this level. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I definitely want to get this question in. If you okay. could go back in time at any point in time and talk to the younger Amber, tell her anything that would have shocked her potential farther, faster, or kept her on the same path, what point in time would you go back to and what would you tell her? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, you know, let's see here, probably way back to before having Brittany, but I would say that real pivotal time when I was like 19, 20 years old, um, I keep my students get these stickers, just bubble wrap it, um, because I always want them to remember you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. I don't want to hear about your weaknesses. There's nothing about you that's weak. You just aren't great at some things and you're amazing at others. And so um, I didn't know at the time that I had ADD. I wasn't officially diagnosed with that yet. So I thought, I, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of a fraud. Everybody thinks I'm super intelligent. I'm not. Um, but it wasn't that. It's just that I have ADD. And there are other things about that. Just real self-esteem things, which is rampant right now that I spend so much time. I say I sell branding, but I deliver confidence. But it's because I had to find it myself. It's I am my own wounded healer, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so just looking at yourself and saying, okay, here is where I really shine, and I'm going to lead with that. And then these things over here, you know, like me not being great at science or, you know, advanced math, I'll just bubble wrap that. I'm going to hire an accountant. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to find a process to help me be consistent in this area. Um, and I beat myself up way too hard and I let way too many people abuse me as I did not see my value. 
I think that's incredible. And I love also how you say, I, I deliver um, confidence. I sell branding and I deliver confidence because ultimately when the more people gain their confidence in their voice, the better they do as well. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I, God, we're almost done. I get, I, we could talk forever. I think it's very <laughs> possible. Uh, clearly we've already shown that. Um, so I know we'll have all your information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to find you right now, they got to, I always do this. I don't know why I do this. I always start to like, <laughs> type in the air. So somebody listening to the podcast is, I don't know what she's doing. I'm typing in the air. Uh, they want to find you right now. What's the easiest way for them to find you? Well, you can go to amberhurdle.com. And if you want to take um, an assessment for free, it takes about six minutes. So you can go to amberhurdle.com forward slash predictive dash index. And you can take that and we can find out exactly what your needs are and how that might drive your behavior in a work environment. I want to do that too. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've been sitting here like evaluating what I, who I think you might be. <laughs> I've done strength. I usually do strength finders, by the way, uh, about once every 18 months. And it's really interesting. Uh, Driver has always been in my top five. Um, but I have had changes over the years and it's really interesting to, uh, the first year that st- uh, strategic came in, I was so excited. Cause I was like, yeah. wow, I've been working on that and it actually popped up. So I'm like, yes, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet we can compare ours. There'd be a lot of similarities in that <laughs> I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Well, this has been fantastic. So before we leave, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think that the number one most important thing that you can do as a leader is go to you university before you can manage other people, before you can look to see how you want to grow your career. You truly have to understand yourself at an extraordinarily intimate level. Um, and, and what happens in society now is we look at what's going on in Instagram and, you know, we, we deal with our mother wounds and our daddy issues and what our teachers <laughs> yeah. told us growing up and what the bad boyfriend or the bad girlfriend said about us or our ex or whatever. And then we have this external validation of who we are as a person. And it's, it's not about that at all. You have an a DNA, you are wired to be a certain way. And so digging in and finding out what that is, is going to be essential for you to be able to then find the greatness in other people and then truly become an influential leader. Very good. Excellent. Well, it has been such a pleasure. I am so glad we had you on as a guest. It has just been fabulous. And I look forward to staying connected with you for a long time to come. For sure. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.